Good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is Enough With Those Late Night Emails. We're also going to have a chat with Christina. We'll be looking at some of those innovative products this week. But uh, right now we're going to have a chat with business mentor Kimberly Claire Campbell from the uh, Hunter Business Hub. We're going to talk about the real value of business conferences. Good afternoon, Kimberly. Hi, Julian. So um, you've recently been to a conference in Adelaide, the uh, Artful Business Conference. Was it only for the artisans? No, it's actually a conference for women who think creatively about their businesses, who think outside of the box. Some of the participants were makers and artisans, but others were service-based businesses. And it was a real cross-section representing women in business today. So some of the women have um, had their own families and have left corporate life with a really great skill set, but wanted... Uh, work that fit around their families. Uh, there was other people who were, like myself, older women who were starting their business because they've been retrenched or they've been carers and that their own business. And some have disabilities and they can't get a job in the workforce because of that. So developing their own business is a way to build a future for themselves. I feel like um, out of necessity, women need to be more creative about how they run their businesses and conferences like Artful provide opportunities for those women to grow themselves and their businesses in a safe and supportive environment. So, so what were some of your main takeaways that we could share with our listeners? I think a lot of them were reminders of things that we always know but don't act on so we know that people buy from people but as business owners we still tend to be quite reserved about showing ourselves so we now need to be the face of our business our customers need to know our values and that our values match the brand's values and that of our potential customers Um, and as far as social media spontaneous posts are the ones that are going viral not those polished posts that were the norm a few years ago. People want to get to know the real person behind the business or the real people and team. Um, One of the things that I find with my clients is they always get stuck on what to use for content in their marketing because we're so close to our businesses. And one of the speakers was a real great reminder that content is everywhere and that if we look at the questions that our clients ask us on a regular basis, that can become our cornerstone um, information, our content for our business. Um, And working for your ideal client is much easier and much more profitable than trying to fit into a client's needs. If people are arguing about your price or don't see the benefits, they're not ready to work with you. And that was a Mm. really good wake-up call because I think a lot of us feel we have to try and work with everybody, but we really need to stick to our niche and what we're good at. If you get a tricky client, it is okay to sack them. And I think Mm. we don't think that way. We have that fear. And often fear can lead to procrastination. So we need to become more childlike and be happy to make mistakes 
but then be grown up about it and, and put our learnings into action in our business. It's great to come back from these conferences and share the knowledge with others, particularly with our listeners, and we often do that with Christina as well. But what's mm-hmm. the actual benefit of attending a business conference? I think it's a great opportunity to intensely focus on our business without the distractions of family and employees. It's a good opportunity to gain a different perspective because you're talking with people in different industries that can see things from a different perspective and and open your mind up to different ways of seeing things. It's a great opportunity to gain new knowledge and more up-to-date information. I know like being surrounded by like-minded business people, I find that very uplifting. Conferences like Artful give small business owners the opportunity to invest in themselves, to learn and to grow, to build networks, to hear from experts, in different fields and their own field and gain knowledge to grow their business. Um, The social aspect is very empowering as well. Having a couple with a like-minded person can be very motivating and they can see things from a different perspective and help you solve challenges you may be facing. And as we know, running a home-based business is very isolating and conferences are a great way to connect with other people. And I think many of us now are in, in... social media groups like on Facebook and we connect with other business people. I've done that with the Artful Business Conference group and meeting those people in person is very exciting and very inspiring. So you've mentioned there the the Facebook group. That's one of the ways that you found out about this particular conference. How else could we find out what conferences are coming up? Definitely in Facebook groups, and as you said, I did find out about Artful that way. It was about five years ago, and there was a lot of buzz around this particular conference, and I put it on my bucket list. I've now been twice, and attending conferences, you do find out about other opportunities. There's also Google, LinkedIn, uh, industry conferences come up, you'll be notified through your industry. If you can't make a full conference, if that's too much of a time commitment, have a look on Meetup and Eventbrite because there's lots of one-day workshops or smaller opportunities for you to be with other small business people. How do you make sure you've put your newfound knowledge into action and not just tuck it away in your notebook somewhere? Yeah, we all tend to do that, don't we? I take plenty of nights to remind me of the relevant points. You don't need to write down everything. You don't concentrate on the the juicy bits that way. But at the end of each session, I like to write down a couple of action points that really came up for me so that I make sure I remember those. Um, I also find I need a few days after the conference just to let the information percolate and brew and those little treasures will come up. Uh, Set aside some time afterwards to create an action plan or a list of things that you want to do with that information, changes that you'd like to make in your business. And one of the things I've done this time is I've uh, teamed up with one of the conference attendees and we've become accountability buddies. So we're going to hold each other accountable to put that knowledge into action and not just leave it tucked up in our notebooks. Well, great. Well, that's some fantastic advice there. Thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll have a chat with you again next month. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kimberly Claire Campbell there.
with some great little tips there for conferences and we do, we do often share some of these conferences as particularly with Christina when she goes overseas but it's uh, always good to be there yourself sometimes and you're listening to Business the Law and You on 2NURFM it's coming up to 23 minutes past one time to pop over and have our chat with Christina good afternoon Christina good afternoon Julian how are you I'm very well and I'm not crying so that's good that's excellent. I'm very pleased to hear that. A bit cold, but not crying. Yeah, yeah, it is quite cool. So we're going to talk about some innovative products today. Yeah, just some new developments in things that we potentially um, don't even think about changing. Uh, but there's a, a lady by the name of Susie Liu, um, who is a visualisation engineer at Netflix. And she has actually redesigned how we read or how we get presented our um, grocery receipts. So there's a, you know, when you go to the supermarket and all of a sudden they give you the bill at the end and you go, oh my goodness, how did I spend that much money? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. where did all that money go? Um, So she's actually got the the receipts uh, in in category. So instead of just having a list of all the different things that you buy, there's an eggs and dairy category, a seasoning category, a meat and seafood category, so that you can actually follow how um, how much you're spending in each area. So if you get to the checkout and all of a sudden you find that 50% of your bill is confectionery, you may question, um, you know, what what you're actually buying. So it's kind of rethinking the way that we shop um, and it kind of explains the purchases that you're making and then you can be more mindful um, of where you're actually spending the money in the long run. It also has categories for... um, like you can then punch into the category and you might find, um, you know, if you go into meat and seafood, then all of a sudden it'll tell you all the things that you've bought under meat and seafood. So it's kind of the re- redesigning so that every time you look at the receipt, you can actually go, hey, I know I know where that money went. And it's, it's like you look at something out of necessity, you go, I really would like to know how to break that down, and then somebody mm. goes away and, and develops the product. Does that mean that, uh, that Woolies or Coles or uh, Audi had, would have to pick it up and put it into their system to make it happen? I think it would be um, very fortuitous if everybody did that. Sort mm. of, and and once, you've, once you've introduced, once you've written the algorithms and once you've got the process happening, it's not that hard to... Um, to put punch things into categories when you when you're putting them into the barcodes and you know you can classify things quite yeah, easily yeah. Um, through the barcode. So I don't I don't imagine that it would be a very difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, another useful product or something that I, I think is um, going to be indicative of the way retail is going to go. There's a, a group um, operating out of San Francisco called Denim Unspun. And they've got, you know how, you know, um, Airbnb has got no, you know, no rooms and Uber has no um, mm-hmm. no vehicles. Mm. Unspun is actually, has a zero inventory. So what they do is they have um, a, a way of doing a 22-second body scan. And in that 22-second body scan, you receive the, the pattern that will make you a custom-fitted pair of jeans. So they use a 3D weaving machine that, first of all, eliminates the fabric waste. So if we've been, if anyone's been following the fashion industry lately, there's a whole, um, a whole lot of discussion around the waste. Yeah, mm. you know, the mm. wastage of the initial, how to make the initial product, but then the wastage of the product itself, because we're almost a 52 season, um, you know, churning out different clothing every week, if you like. Mm. Um, so it, it it does the weaving machine, eliminates fabric waste. Um, during the production process, uh, and the the 
genes are customised for you. So I don't know about any of the listeners out there, but I know I go, if, when, if I'm in need of a pair of jeans, I have to try on 30 pairs of jeans to get the right height, the right waist, the right this, the right that. Mm. Um, and this is with a 22-second body scan. So we're actually seeing where um, where the scanning systems, AR, VR, 3D processes, are all really going to change the face of retail. And I know we've spoken before about having, you know, centres where you'll just go in and try an article on and then you'll you'll uh-huh. order it online and it yeah. will appear at your house. So I think 3D printing is going to take that to a whole new level. So so is the scanner going to be at a, at a, a location that you've got to go to or is it something that we would be able to buy something and scan at home before before? I'm... Well, I'm right now. It's it's in um, prototype development, but I imagine that it can be an app, and that it will take your photo from 22 different different um, visualizations. Uh, at the moment, they're they're in prototype. They've got this one little little area, one little office. There's about four or five people working working out of this one little office, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just reinventing apparel basically with the with the way things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to follow that whole three D, two D, AR, VR. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are te- there are about ten people in the team, so it's quite a it's not a, a small team. Yeah. Um, and they're very fortunate because they've got David Kelly, who's the founder of IDEO, um, and he's he's one of their mentors. Okay. So there's a, if you're in San Francisco, I suggest that um, that you go and visit the the no, store. And, we don't we don't trip around yeah. like you do. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it, it it sounds exciting. It can be quite tiring, but it is very <laughs> informative. Like that, just learning all the different things that are happening in different areas is quite remarkable. Yeah, and is that is that all? Any other product or you? Oh, so there's there's been a so I think the thing that that triggered um, the conversation today was. At the University of Newcastle, I'm currently working on the um, Creative Industries Entrepreneur course, and the students are coming up weekly with new ideas through necessity. Wow. So, and a lot of the apps, I must say, a lot of the apps that are being developed or that they're they're coming, the ideas that are coming are connector apps. So, we've spoken over the last little while about how connector apps um, have done remarkable things um, for the way that people. Cutting out that that you know the middleman sort of thing. So you know with the Airbnbs and the Ubers, there are a plethora of ideas coming out mm. about what different kinds of connector apps can be used. And one of the ones um, that we just heard of was almost like a, a Tinder for the creative industries, where it's you you um, if you have a wall in your uh, in your studio or if you have a wall you know a warehouse wall that you want decorated, you can put something up on this particular site and and connect with a creative who can come and decorate the wall. So it's almost like it's like, you know, swipe and find out the the criteria that you want. The other thing I wanted to mention um, on the back of the, and this is a product that, that I um, thought was, was pretty awesome, on the back of the Boston conference that we were talking about last week, mm. there was a matchmaking app. Um, and what it did was match people's um, personal likes and their business requirements to other people at the conference. And there were about 600 meetings created during the conference just from this connector. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time again. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it, Julie, and have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina, there with some new great innovative products. There's some good ones there, isn't there? We'll be interested to follow some of those up, particularly the uh, new Newcastle Uni's uh, Creative Innovative Course. You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. It's uh, just gone 27 minutes to two. Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one, enough with the late night emails. 
If it's 11pm and you've just remembered something your team needs to do tomorrow, it might seem like a good idea to send them an email while you're thinking about it. Well, it's not. If you're emailing late at night or on weekends, most employees think a late night response is required or they'll impress you if they respond immediately. Making them be always on hurts results. A frantic environment that includes answering emails at all hours doesn't make your staff more productive. It just makes them busy and distractive. When they're constantly monitoring their email after work, they're missing out on the essential downtime that their brains need. Creativity, inspiration and motivation are depletable resources that need to be recharged. So refrain from after-hours communication and be clear about expectations. Set up policies to support a healthy culture that values downtime. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the real value of business conferences and particularly going to them. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll visit the tax world again with chartered accountant Tony Vidray. We'll have a minute of innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You next week at the same time. And, as Anne Frank once said, how wonderful it is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.